Hey y'all, welcome to the Women on This Podcast. We are so super excited. You're tuning in for another week with us. We have a super dope guest, but before we get into that, let me introduce myself. I am Tierra Bryant, one half of the Womenomics Podcast. And I'm Corinne Jones, the second half co-host of the Womenomics Podcast. Yes, and we have a super dope special guest, Mr. New Skills, New You. Come on, give us your <laughs> intro, lay it down. No, New Skills, New You, I help small businesses and entrepreneurs here, yes, more often, without sounding salesy. Mm, let me tell you something. That pitch is perfected. I think I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. You can't forget it. <laughs> no, not at all. So I just want you to go into a little bit about, because we always start off our interviews with the same question. When did you know you could be an entrepreneur? I became an entrepreneur on accident. Okay. I was working at, it was my first commission sales job. And I love that. It, it can be a little scary, right? If you don't make any money, you don't get paid any money. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, yep. An introduction to entrepreneurship, because you don't get any credit for just showing up. You get credit for results. You can't get results without showing up. But those are two separate functions. Let me, let me get ahead of myself. So. I was getting pretty good at it. I said, I want to move up into management. In my head, CEO is the top big boss, right? Money, power, respect. So I wanted to be CEO. They said, well, you don't have enough leadership experience. I said, okay. So I said, where can I add value and gain some experience at the same time? And so I found something called Toastmasters, Leadership and Communication. Now, I have an unfair advantage because I started speaking at like, nine so by the time you you know i've already 25 years in let's go so i said okay i'll help them with their speaking skills that's where i can add value i did such a great job and i do brag y'all mind if i brag oh please i love listen we love a brag i like to brag yes indeed yes so i'm gonna get to the answer to the question here in just a second i had so much value they're like hey uh, you're going to be president in September. I said, what you mean? They was like, yep, congratulations. I was like, hold on. You're not, we're not going to vote? You ain't even asked me? He's like, we are asking you. You start in September. That's <laughs> like, how questions work. And what happened was every time I started to help people with their presentations, whether it was for work or for the club, they would get the raise. They get the promotion. They win a win a, you know the competition. And so one day somebody was like, "Hey, how much do I owe you?" I don't know. I was like, "A uh, hundred dollars." And so I worked with them about three hours. And so to get a hundred dollars for three hours, I was like, "Yo, I could get paid for adding value. This is great." And that's when I accidentally became an entrepreneur. Now I want to tell y'all right now. Go to my website. You copy my link. It's not a hundred dollars no more. Right. <laughs> Look, the price don't went up. The <laughs> price is um, up. <laughs> no, that's what's up. I love it. That's how I became an entrepreneur. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So did you did you always feel like you could do it? Like, is that was that, let me rephrase that question. 
was that something that once you started working that you wanted to do in the future? Like, did you always kind of have a nine to five mindset? Like you wanted to work for someone or did you always have an inkling to wanting to work for yourself, even if you didn't know how you were going to do it yet? Wow. Okay. That's a phenomenal question. And there's three answers. One, I didn't know. I don't know if I heard the word entrepreneur until I was 30. Wow. Wow. That wasn't even a concept I've, I was familiar with. And mm -hmm. you've talked to me, right? I know physics and biology and history and languages. I never heard of being an entrepreneur. So that's the first part. The second part was both my parents worked in government and retired in the military, even like the most employee of employees, respectfully. I love them. Shout out to mom and dad. <laughs> But I think the most important part about being an entrepreneur for me is that I'm incredibly lazy. And I work really, really hard, so I don't have to work really hard. So last month, I spent a week in the Dominican Republic, and then I spent a week in Vegas. You can't really do that with a job. And that's what motivated me to say, hey, I was aspiring to be CEO and run the company, but I discovered along the way, we could talk about that transformation because one new skill will change your life. I discovered along the way, I was like, oh, you can start the company. I was like, you can do that? And that's when I realized that I wanted to have time freedom and location independence. Shout out to Marcus. Hmm. I wanted to be able to say, hey, there's a conference in LA on the 8th. There's a conference in Atlanta on the 15th and there's a conference in Chicago two weeks later, I wanted to go to all of them. I said, what do I need to do to create that reality? And what makes me a stronger entrepreneur is because I recognize that I don't wanna do all the work and I may not even be the best person to do all the work. I'm much more open to collaborating and I have tons of value. So it's never a take, take situation. It's always a give, give situation. But I recognize that no one's built a company by themselves. You're just self-employed. To build a company, you need a team. And so those leaderships I learned from adding value to Toastmasters, the sales skills I learned along the way have made me a formidable entrepreneur. And I'm really excited at my growth. And I'm really excited at the people I have on my phone that call me and ask me for advice now. Mm-hmm. You can't have a millionaire call you and ask you for advice. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Wow. That's a really I'm working towards that. I'm going to help you get there. You know, I'm going to help you get there. And so, so I, haven't, I haven't made it to a point where um, I could just go on vacation for a month uninterrupted. I'm, I, but I'm getting closer every day and that feels good. So the goal really is not to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> the goal is to retire as soon as possible. <laughs> mm, that's it. So Bruce, so how much does belief in yourself play a role in such a big vision? I really don't want you to believe in this version of yourself. Stay with me. Yeah. You can't yeah. do it. But you can learn how. And that's a real subtle difference. I don't know any any gym rats you guys like to work out. Uh, no? okay. I'm half a hair. Perfect. Yeah. 
hypothetically, hypothetically, you both have the potential, the capacity to compete professionally. But if I said, I want you to go compete right now, you can't do, you're going to fail. And I think a lot of times they say, oh, don't, don't say you can't, don't say you can't. You can't right now. And so this is the paradox we learn of being honest with who we are and have infinite belief in who we can be. So Corinne, I don't want you to have faith in who you are now if you plan to stay that way. Because everything you have is based on who you are now. I want you to have faith, confidence, and belief in yourself and your infinite potential. And so you can look in the mirror honestly and say, hey, look, I can't bench press 200 pounds. I can't leg press 400 pounds, but I can grow, right? I didn't make a million last year, but I can make a million next year. That's the difference. And that's where new skills, new you comes in, because I wholeheartedly believe that one new skill will change your life. So all I have to do is figure out which skill you need to become the person that fits into your goals and dreams. So now all of a sudden, those weights don't get lighter, I get stronger. And that's the difference. The goals are already there. You have, there's a version of you that's already accomplished these goals. You have to become the person where a hundred pounds is easy, where millions is light work. Like, damn, we only did a million this year? We got to take <laughs> vacations. That's, that's the problem that your future self will have if you believe it's possible. And your goal is wake up every day and say, what would my future self do today? And go do that. That is exactly one of the questions that we were going to ask. How do you become the person or the next level you want to be like how do you become that today when you're not when you look around and you see your your tangible reality doesn't reflect it or you look in yeah. the mirror and you're not in the shape that you would like to be or you want to compete but that just seems so far-fetched from where you are today but you say you become it first right you become it you set those goals and you visualize it so how do you bridge that gap between reality and the the future version of yourself mm, another beautiful question i'm gonna have to send y'all an invoice oh <laughs> <laughs> so, no I, I appreciate you sharing my platform so everyone listens to this the sound of my voice i strongly encourage you to write this down there's three steps this is part of where my keynote talks there's three steps to transform your life. Uh, let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this and this, this is, this isn't a step. This is part of identity. Once you have a clear picture of where you want to go, you want to find every book. And I start with biographies. If anyone else has had that same or similar journey. So let's use entrepreneurs. If you want to become a successful entrepreneur, anybody become an entrepreneur, that's the easy part. I can set up a business in 60 minutes. Who cares? Doesn't make any money. Oh, okay. I want to read every book on someone who's done it successfully. Don't waste any time on people who failed. They don't write too many books on failures anyway. And the reason I encourage you to read and I have a whole other training I do on, on reading hard copies, but you can short, or excuse me, you can fast track. There's no shortcuts. Someone had to go this distance. You can fast track your learning by reading books. One of my favorite books 
is called Mindset, The Surprising Secrets of Success by Dr. Carol Dweck. There's over 10 years of research in that book. I bought it for $17. That's a good deal. Oh, yeah. That's a really good deal. Now I've learned how to create a success mindset for $17. And I didn't have to go to university. I have to get a PhD. I'd have to spend 10 years after that researching this topic. I would read. Go read a book. Okay. Num that's number one. Number two is find someone that can give you feedback. A lot of people yeah. don't want to pay for coaches. Oh, I could just look it up on YouTube. That's true. But YouTube can't give you feedback. All right. So that's my options traders. How do I know the difference between a hammer and an iron cross? Right. I can misinterpret, excuse me, misinterpret those symbols or the, those patterns. But I would never know it if it, I could actually accidentally win. And I don't know why when I can't duplicate it. A coach can tell you why it worked or why it did work. It can give you feedback. Spend a little money on a coach that's done it before. That's number two. Number three is practice. Number three is practice. The reason I speak so confidently, you can never catch me off guard. Yesterday, my buddy calls me. He's like, Bruce, my guest canceled. Can you hop on the podcast? I said, when is it? He said, now. I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> it's because i've already practiced you don't call me say hey we got a podcast coming out and then i practice i've already practiced and what you can do to accelerate your success is to practice more and more often so i'll say that again you want to accelerate your success practice more and more often practice creates perfection Perfect practice makes perfect. And what happens is a lot of people went to get perfect to practice. And guess what? That never happens. Practice is the path to perfection. So I wake up every day and I practice the things that eight-figure Bruce would do. I read, I teach, I learn, and I practice. There is not a day that goes by where I don't practice speaking. Even if it's alive, it's a real of course. Eight days a week, somebody's gonna get these new skills. <laughs> so what happens is anyone could call me right now. Dr. Cheryl Wood, shout out to Dr. Cheryl Wood, the most phenomenal woman speaker worldwide. She's like, Bruce, I need you. I'm ready. All right. I ran into Jessica Matthews, an amazing woman entrepreneur. I love black women. Like if y'all ever look on page, like it's all black women. Not the black women just because. Right. I'm running through at a conference. And she said, we need help building a sales team. I'm ready. So a lot of people wait till they're older. The kids go to school. Um, they retire. They save 10,000. And they miss lots and lots of years of practice. So Grant, how do we become the version of ourselves that accomplishes the goal we have in our mind vision? We're going to read, we're going to get a coach, and we're going to practice every single day. Yeah. It's, a, it's a formula you can't miss. Right. It's just going to, the only measurement is how much effort and energy you put into it to accelerate the timeline. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, there's yeah. four currencies. There's time, energy, 
and there's money. If you don't have money, you need more time and energy. Mm -hmm. That's what I do every single day. So the only end result, the only possible outcome, the only future reality is success. I mean, I like that. Yeah. That's a foolproof method. I was trying to find cracks <laughs> and it ain't no cracks. But I do have a follow-up question about it though. What if, Bruce, you're not ready? If you're called for an opportunity and maybe the the not the maybe you not being ready as a perception, maybe it's an opportunity that you think you're unfamiliar with. How do you approach that? Because my, my guess is that you really are ready. It's just something new. Mm. How do you navigate that? Mm. So I have another, a whole nother class on this one. It's fear versus uncertainty. And people will tell you that fear stops people from moving forward. I believe that fear is important, right? You see a tiger. I grew up in Ohio. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Ohio. <laughs> At one point, my buddy calls me. He's like, Bruce, where are you? I was like, I'm chilling. He's like, but where are you? I was like, you know, I told him where I was. He was like, a tiger got out. Okay. <laughs> Damn tiger escaped the zoo. All right. I want you to be afraid. I want you to be afraid. I want you to go inside, call animal service, whoever. All right, that is a biological response to danger. All right, now I'm preaching. What happens though is Dr. Cheryl Wood calls. She says, hey, we need you to give a keynote. All of, so uncertainty kicks in. Damn, can I do this? Am I ready? Am I prepared? Your body doesn't, excuse me. Yeah, your body doesn't recognize the difference between fear and uncertainty. What happens? Your heart rate speeds up, your adrenaline spikes, your higher brain function shut down. What does that sound like? Well, it's biologically, it's fear, but there's no danger. Mm -hmm. so, so let's get that out of the way. So part of the am I ready or not could be your perception. However, you have to recognize there are times opportunities will show up and you won't be ready. Um, one of my favorite, favorite opportunities came along. It was a company, brand new company. And they're like, hey, minimum buy-in is 5,000. I didn't have 5,000. I wasn't ready. Empirically, I did not have 5,000. You know, this isn't a mindset thing or you got to think positively. No. You the car, it's getting declined. So there are scenarios where opportunities will come along and you're not going to be ready and you're going to fail. The difference is, we talk about success mindset, is you recognize this is another unit of practice and it's not that's the shift it, it you did fail you were not ready that's tough and this is the paradox of and and you're better you got a little better you know what you need to work on you know i need to have a contract ready when she calls i need to have a licensing agreement I need to have it tight 20 or tight 40, okay? You can't go over, it's not an option. Now you know what to work on. Now, work backwards, reverse, re, uh, reverse engineer, say, okay, what do I need to prepare? Does that answer your question, Ms. Green? Yes, yes, it does. Thank you for that. So Tierra, did you have a question? Cause I keep seeing your eyes darting. Did you have a no, question? I know. 
because it's just so much information flowing. It just gives you so many things to think about because we do just limit ourselves so much. We have so much like mental chatter. And I, first of all, I love that you provided an alternative to fear because I feel like we grasp onto that so much. We hold it so strong and we don't know how to break away from it. And so we had an episode, you know, talking about fear and how to get on the other side. But I think just emphasizing that fear typically resides where danger is an opportunity, you know, to happen. Whereas in certain situations, no danger is around. There's nothing dangerous about this. There's nothing that can physically harm you on the other side of this literally you're just not certain and so I think that's honestly the first time I've ever heard even those two in the same sentence those two uh in comparison to each other explaining the differences so first of all shout out to you Bruce for that because that gave a new perspective for me I love that because when on those moments when I start to claim fear I'm going to immediately start looking for where the danger at and when I realize Mm -hmm. that that's not present the idea of fear will start to absolve because that's not present. It's something else. We have to claim something else. We're so, you know, used to claiming these these words that are very heavy. They're very heavy. Um, So I would love, Bruce, for you to share, like, I know you shared, you know, your three steps to transforming your life. Um, I know you shared some of the things that you do on a daily in order to, you know, show up for your business every day, show up for yourself every day. And I know you really focus on that professional and personal development because they're intertwined. Or actually, that's my question. Do you feel like they're intertwined, professional and personal development? Hmm. Let's think about it. If I personally work on my communication, do you think that's going to help me do better at my job or worse? Better. Okay. Yep, better. If I work on personally being more confident, is that going to help me be better at my job or worse? Better. That's better. What if I learn to become more organized? I learn how to, to manage myself through time. Will I be better at my job or worse? Better. Better. So that's the fundamental principle of new skills new you i know if i can help you evolve in a positive direction the only possible end result is your business improves um, okay okay i get the formula i get the formula okay yeah, i like so Bruce, how do you start your day I'm always curious about people who how should I start my day or how do I start my day? Both. Give us both. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to teach you something. Are you all familiar with sleep hygiene? No. <laughs> Is that like getting the appropriate amount of hours of sleep? Yes. It is it's very it's a very simple concept. Sleep hygiene means how well you rest. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's sleep hygiene. And what we what we don't realize, we might have dental hygiene, right? Oral hygiene. We have our body hygiene. And shout out to all the natural hair folk. You know, we take care of our hair, right? <laughs> we don't have good sleep hygiene. That's going to bed at the same time every night. That's having a dark, quiet room. That's not using electronic devices 30, 40 minutes before we fall asleep, right? That's having a, a clean environment. 
That's using things like lavender or peppermint before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You could put some on your pillow or some, you know, on, on your skin. Those are all examples of sleep hygiene. So I know these things, but learning is not doing. And one of my one of my early, early talks was learn and grow. And I talked about the interrelationship between what we learn and what we do. Because you could do it wrong over and over and over again, but it's still wrong, right? You're just really good at doing it wrong. And you can learn, you can read lots of books. But if you don't do anything different, what's the point? You're just turning pages. Mm-hmm. So when we learn and do, now we can become better versions of ourselves. So me, I've taught myself to fall asleep very quickly and I wake up very quickly. So most of the time, most of the time I wake up and I'll read. But I'm working on reprogramming. I want to wake up and be still. And I did okay Yay. yesterday. I woke up, I didn't, I didn't turn on the light, I didn't touch my phone. I was just, whew. you got to get out of bed because otherwise you'll fall back asleep. <laughs> don't, don't be like, oh, Bruce set me up for failure. Nah. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm working on right now. Most of the time I read, um, but I'm working on being still. Okay. So when you're saying be still, you're saying meditation, is it prayer? Is it just literally being present, um, maybe like grounding. People say grounding and they mean like, you know, like going outside and putting their feet in the, um, like in the grass and touching the earth. But when I think about grounding, it's just literally just focusing on being present, feeling the, the sheets underneath you, like physically sensory touching things and being aware of like your heart, um, you know, everything that's going on with you internally. So when you're saying you're practicing being still, what does that look like? And what is, excuse me, what does that look like? And what do you think the benefits are? Oh, so those are all great examples you gave of meditation. Grounding is meditation, prayer is meditation. Music is meditation, creating music. That's one of my favorite meditations. So there's lots of ways to meditate. You do have to find what works for you. What Bruce does, if you've, you've talked to me for a few minutes, I know a lot about a lot. So I have a very different challenge is to stop thinking. So I work, mm-hmm. I work on emptying my mind. Okay. I work on, on nothing as close to possible and just being present. That is a mental exercise for me, but what happens, if I can do that for a few minutes, my level of execution for the whole day goes crazy. Mm. Absolutely top tier like Kobe Bryant in the playoffs crazy (laughs) so it's very important practice for me it helps me to use all this information more effectively so you ask me a question I have these stories and examples and action items it's because of the quiet time I took and so even though I didn't do that this morning I did uh, this afternoon I had a, a little drive so I left the radio off and I was present because I wanted to come in and give y'all 100% on this on this interview on this podcast. Much yeah, appreciate that. That was good. I feel <laughs> like that's like a um I feel like that is a struggle for most people it and is. I do appreciate you sharing that that is something that one you're actively trying to master. It's never too late to start. 
but it is something, it's a level of strength to be able to remove and move past like the thoughts that you're having. Cause at the end of the day, like the thoughts are going to come. I feel like that's what I hear the most about people struggling to meditate. And so it's like, how do you stop the, 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 the thoughts from coming? It's about acknowledging them. It's like acknowledging them and then releasing them. You're choosing not to uh, act on them in this moment. So you're acknowledging that you thought it and then you're taking in your deep breath and you're releasing that thought with your deep breath and you're just pushing it, you know, to the back burner for now because too many times we don't take time committing to ourselves we're so busy serving other people we're so busy trying to lead with value all the time and making sure that you know in every situation we're in we're presenting as our best self that we don't ever take time to just give our body that chance to reset to to not actively be like working and doing something so I appreciate you um sharing that so what do you think what do you think has been the most valuable way of figuring out where your personality is and developing a new skill that uh, complements your personality? Like how do people find these new skills that you're referring to? Mr. New Skills, New You, break it down for us. So I wanna, before we move onward, I wanna acknowledge what you said about taking time for you. And especially for Women Knowledge Podcast, I think, women have been, at least in this country, been programmed to give more than they receive. And that's where meditation is, I believe, even more important. That time for yourself is even more important. And it is selfish. So anybody's like, ah, I feel selfish. Good. That means you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. So so take that time and, and don't and work towards not feeling guilty to take that time. So that's my encouragement. So all my women entrepreneurs out there, especially the mompreneurs, um, find a way, even if it's five, 10 minutes, right? So, oh yeah, see, awesome. So now <laughs> moving forward, how do I find some new skills? I look at it in a very practical way. I have a limited number of hours in this week. I have limited number of dollars to spend. I have limited number, amount of energy to give towards any skill. So which skill is gonna give me the largest return on my investment? And over the years, I found that sales. I find that sales skills. So before, like, the tune up, change the channel, all right, cut the podcast, like, sales skills really is for everyone. Whether you're an accountant, you're an HR, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, right? Maybe you're not even generating income from whatever activity. I find sales skills to be so valuable because of the soft skills that are required to, to be good at it. Not even great, just to be good at it. And what's interesting about New Skills, New You while the goal is to be the number one sales resource for entrepreneurs and small businesses, the goal isn't for you to become a salesperson. I don't want you to be a killer closer or a master manipulator. I want you to be the authentic version of yourself that hears yes more often. And I accomplish that by teaching five fundamental skills. The first one is confidence. The first one is confidence. And this is the paradox of Anne. I'm confident that this version of me is the best version of me so far. And I'm confident I can continue to grow. The next one I teach is listening. 
listening is the most valuable sales skill, hands down. And it's really an unfair advantage when I learned to listen better, man, I made more money, my relationships improved. I would start getting like free food at restaurants. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I was like, this is, I felt, I almost felt like, a, um, what's one of those sci-fi movies where you're like mind control? <laughs> <laughs> Listening has been a phenomenal skill. So even if you don't have a job, you don't earn any income. Listening is such a wonderful skill that improves the quality of your life and your relationships. So I love, I love teaching on listening. So we've got confidence, we've got listening, communication. Now, what's interesting to me is I get pushback sometimes. Like listening and communication are the same thing. They are not the same thing. That's why I can have two whole separate workshops on individual. A lot of people are talking, making noise, flapping their gums, as a country folk like to say, but they're not communicating. So we're talking about communicating effectively. I taught a, a workshop two weeks ago for David Power Talk, shout out to the Power Talk team. And we talked about the three C's being clear, concise, and compelling. We talked about effective communication. And then I talk about learning. In order to evolve, you have to have some new input, right? In order to get different results, you have to have different actions. Well, what do we do? Where do we get these actions from? We gotta learn, we gotta teach ourselves. You can't, take the same ingredients to bake a cake and bake cornbread, mm -hmm. right? You got to have some new ingredients. And what's interesting is I learned all those skills in the process of becoming a sales professional. If anybody's counting, that's four. The fifth one is sales. And those are the mechanics of selling. And in the process of becoming a sales professional, I learned these things and I realized, wow, my life is different because I learned one new skill. And that's where ding, light bulb comes on. I was like, oh, new, new skills, new you. Got it. Lock it in. <laughs> and that's what I work on. And that's why a lot of the folks I work with don't even have businesses. Mm. So if you ask me what skills you should work on, I'm going to tell you one of those five or a combination. But this goes back to the books. So if you say, hey, I want to be the best, let's use baking again. I want to be the best baker worldwide. I'm going to go read books from people who are baking. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to find the skills that they had. And I'm just going to go copy those skills. So if there's a hundred skills that you can learn, and I'm sure there's thousands, right? But there's a hundred skills. You read that book and you realize, hey, I see these three over and over again. So guess what? You can fast track your success by just getting straight to the three skills. And that's actually the blessing and the curse I have is I learned a hundred skills. I know so many random things. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't make no sense. <laughs> right? I'm a mortgage originator. I can sell life insurance. Um, I studied nursing for a little bit uh, on accident. That was a funny story. <laughs> what? It, it doesn't help me at all. Once I picked a couple skills and then just jumped in, that's when you started to see my success uh, accelerate. So... Does that answer your question, Ms. Graham? Yes. So when, you know how, I guess, I don't know if it's all entrepreneurs or it's just Corinne, but sometimes 
we get bright ideas and, they, and we kind of, uh, we, we drop what we're doing, drop what we're focusing on and jump on something else and, and get a little taste of that. And so we're kind of, I don't know if it comes from impatience or just constantly trying to innovate and be creative, but how do you hone in on for you, for your business and for your, your, your journey, how have you been able to hone in on particular skills um, and also mean not being distracted by new opportunities, new ideas that come along that may be vastly different? So this is what makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. It's not risk aversion, okay, or risk tolerance. Entrepreneurs in general are more risk averse than the average person. They just have a brighter picture, a clear vision of what's possible. And if you start to really explore, it's all possible. And so entrepreneurs get excited. They're like, that's possible, and that's possible, and that's possible, and that's possible. <laughs> so now you spend 10 years going one step. Mm. because you've gone a bunch of steps in one direction, right? You walk in a circle. So this is where I created a workshop. Y'all hear that phrase a lot. <laughs> I just think everything I learned, I just put it in a workshop. I love it. <laughs> I wrote a workshop called Goal Succeeding. I personally, goal setting is, is pretty useless, right? Because mm. we've, and, and we've all done it, right? I want to make a million dollars. I want to lose weight. I want to gain some weight. How? No one answers the question how. And this is where I believe I'm more effective as a coach. I'm going to teach you how. So I said, okay, we need to set some goals succeeding. And the trick is to say, hey, what actions do I need to take to make this goal the present tense? So let's keep it very simple. Let's say I want to lose some weight. I say, all right, you can't lose weight. You can't, you know where it is, right? It's where you don't want it, right? It's right here. You can't just lose. I'm like, lose some weight. I need to lose some weight. Lose some weight. It's still there. What I can do is I can sleep better. You know, back to sleep hygiene. That's probably the number one. I can drink more water, right? I can cut out soda. I remember when I first, when I first started focusing on applying these skills, I'm like, let's test this. I just stopped drinking soda. I didn't have nothing different. I just stopped drinking soda or pop, depending on where you're from. I <laughs> pop, yeah. I had to catch myself. <laughs> I've traveled too much. I'm like, hey, but where are you from? I don't remember. <laughs> I got to wear the shirt. I'm like, hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lost about 10 pounds in two weeks. Ooh. So, and there's a very important lesson here. A lot of times, in order to achieve our goals, it's not what we need to start doing. It's what we need to stop doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So... There's a whole, whole little par uh, proverb. Yeah. If you chase two rabbits, you'll catch neither one. Have you heard that one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They try, it, me, what have I done? Real estate, business credit, uh, Forex. Shout out. I love Forex. I think everyone <laughs> should learn to trade. Don't recommend joining into those yeah. little groups or communities, whatever. Don't do that. Learn it, but don't join one groups. And I've learned all these, so I've spent 10 years doing 10 things. And so I'm like, wow, what if I had spent those 10 years doing one thing? Mm. So here's a book. So everybody's like, you told us to read a book. What book do we read? I really like 
The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, right? That's The One Thing. And this book, he teaches us, we can be most effective when we choose one thing. So the question is, all those things can help you reach your goal. Let's say your goal is financial freedom. So you start all these businesses and they all could work. To the answer to your question is, how do you convince yourself to stick to one? Well, you say, listen, are these good ways to get to my goal? And the confusing part is the answer is yes. So then you look and you ask yourself, which one's the best way for me to get to my goal? And that's how you take you. So you, let's say you take 25 things. There's 25 businesses. You have 25 ideas, 25 steps. And you say, what's the best five? And you take those and you throw away the other 20. So you look at these five and you say, what's the best one? And you do that one over and over and over again. So not only will you get there faster, you'll have a lot less stress along the way. You have a lot less uncertainty along the way. You have a lot more confidence along the way. And because you're like looking around at all the options and you're like, hmm, these don't fit into my one thing. It makes decision-making really early, really easy. These don't fit in my one thing, not gonna do them. They can be wonderful opportunities. Be like, nope, that doesn't fit in my one thing. Something comes along, oh, this fits perfectly. Boom, I'm doing it. And you keep going. And you start to build momentum and you start to see progress. In the past 15 years, I probably worked at 10 companies. Actually, more than that, if you look at little contracts and part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So I worked at 10 companies, but I don't have 10 years at any one company. So I said, okay, I need to pick one company. So I started one. And for the next 10 years, all you're going to hear me say is, hi, I'm Bruce Hill, new skills. <laughs> okay. And 10 years from now, I'm going to look around and I'll say, all right, this, we're close, we're closer, and I'm going to keep going. Okay. So you need, and this is where I help. So if anyone's looking at saying, hey, I want to, it's your career, it's business, you could want to, to again, a weightlifting competition. We want to find the one thing that you need to do every single day that's going to get you there. And that's where that coach comes in, right? I told you to read a book, told you to get a coach. That's how you narrow it down. Because otherwise you could spend years running in circles, getting nowhere. And then you'll say, oh, boo-hoo, entrepreneurship didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So I'm just going to make a quick, hard transition because I really want to know what you have to say about this. Um, what are your thoughts on the importance of having a healthy money mindset? How do you learn or grow to have a healthy money mindset? So mindset is a skill. And the challenge we have is we are practicing that skill every day unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Whether we're watching the news or listening to music or listening to our family, I think that's a tough one because depending on 
their financial success, they're going to teach you their financial habits. Hmm. Now, the challenge is the where they are in their life is based on the decisions they made up to that point. The decisions they made are based on the thoughts. What's the good news is you can change those thoughts and impact your decision and transform your life. Mm. Yeah. Now, we go back to the paradox of Anne. I don't want you to wake up and say, I'm a millionaire. Because <laughs> what's that TV show? The lie detector said. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want you to say, hey, I am becoming a millionaire. I'm getting closer to millionaire status every day, right? So now it's both true and possible. And in order to create a stronger money mindset, you have, you must absolutely, it's imperative, it is necessary, it's essential to control your thoughts. So you can hang around different people, you can read different books, and you can watch different programs. One of my favorite enlightening moments, I used to work in a luxury hotel. And I did this on purpose. I was like, I don't want to work at fast food. I just need a couple extra dollars. This is before I knew about entrepreneurship. You go just go make your own dollars. So I went to work in a luxury hotel. And they're like, hey, you got to take some, some food up to the top floor. So I go up to the top floor. There's a piano. Can I cuss on here? There's a piano in this bad boy. <laughs> I was like, why is there a piano in the hotel room? It's a, it's a grand piano. It's like one of the ones you see in the movies where he has the, the tuxedo on when he's playing. Yeah. Piano. I said, what in the world? It has steps in the hotel room. Wow. That's well, nice. You got steps here. You don't live here. <laughs> I come to find out that it's $10,000 a night. Ooh. Yeah. And he booked it for 30 days. Here. Okay. Somebody do the math for me. He spent a quarter million. Probably don't even know how to play the piano. It never yeah. occurred to me. It never occurred to me. So now my mindset shifts. My mind expands. Once it expands, it can never return to its original size. I said, what type of life would I have to be living? What kind of wealth would I have to create? Well, that would even be an option. You want to stay for two days or three? Yeah, just block off the month. Yeah. What? <laughs> nice. so it, it really is your environment. I grew up with some people that were almost 20 before they saw a cow. Have you all ever seen a cow? Like a live animal? Yeah. It never occurred to them. So I think exposing, I know that exposing your mind to new ideas is, is the first thing to shift your money mindset. What's possible? And then to look at those every single day. Because a lot of times we look at our bank account every day, that doesn't have too many commas in it. Yeah. Maybe it's red some days. <laughs> um, 
we, you know, we look around at the car we drive in, the, uh, the clothes we wear. And so you can really quickly and unconsciously, again, get into a poverty mindset. And mm. that's where it's necessary. You ever hear people say, hey, you got to drive in nice neighborhoods and picture yourself there. Yeah. I, I personally don't want to buy a big old house. I like to travel. Ain't no reason I have a big old house. Ain't no way in. But I want to remind myself it was possible. So that's the formula is the same. I read books about wealth. I read Forbes magazine. Um, that was a good one because it introduced me to concepts that never occurred to me. Um, I got a coach, someone that could help catch those things I say unintentionally and help me to reshape my mindset. And I practice. So, so in the morning, my mantra is, hey, the goal is to become the top sales resource for entrepreneurs and small businesses, earning 2.5 million in profit annually, right? That's every day when I wake up before I go to bed. And so my mind makes decisions for me to get closer to that. And it's still, it's still a daily practice because again, I haven't hit my first million, but I'm getting closer every day. So a mindset, that's one thing. I think mindset's tougher than exercise. Yeah. it's so because like when you don't exercise you just don't exercise but with your mindset you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards right. so very deliberate about mindset but um vision board helps friends with big dreams helps and then that's where meditation this is a different kind of meditation it's called visualization where you picture what would my life be like if everything went the way I wanted it and spend some time, spend some time really picturing that. That's a tough one, but it's possible. Yeah. What I discovered um, with visualization sometimes with me is that I'll feel the resistance mm-hmm. because I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And so what I started to do that eases the resistance is also visualizing the hard work that it may take to get it because it's a little uncomfortable or or the or the the milestones I have to achieve in order to get to that goal that I'm envisioning in my head so mm-hmm. if it is a eight bedroom mansion for instance well I don't live in one and and I know what that mortgage probably looks like so I fit so instead of fantasizing I start to tense up and may feel like I can't get it so I'll start picturing myself working towards it, grinding, having a season in my life where I'm just super laser focused and that's the uncomfortable part. So I'll, I'll couple that discomfort with the, the pleasurable fantasy, the visualization of what I actually want. And then it just, for me, it's become a little bit easier. I don't know if anyone experienced that, that um, resistance, but I do. And I used to beat myself up because why can't I just relax and enjoy the idea of it all? But I've experienced life. <laughs> I'm not a little girl. It was so it was so easy when I was 10. I could yep. lay in bed. Right. If, I, if I was like punished or something, I could lay in bed and visualize a world full of candy and it'd be real. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, but what about this? What about that? Oh my God, the property taxes on that house. Your mind starts to go. And so mm-hmm. I just couple it with the, the, the uncomfortable things that'll still get me there. And then it feels so, a little bit more possible. Okay, I got, I've got to challenge this while we still have a few minutes. It is not difficult to create wealth. Hard work doesn't, you cannot work hard to a million dollars. 
I actually did the math on this. If I wanted to, at the current rate of my current income, if I wanted to make a billion dollars, it would take me 6,700 years. God damn. So I, we, I we gotta pull this out. This is so important to everyone listening. What she said was, was true, but it's not accurate. You will feel resistance. Uh, you do, right? You can't argue that's how you feel. But hard work isn't the solution. The hardest working people that we know are also the poorest people that we know. So here's what I want you to picture. I want you to, to challenge you here. I want you to picture adding value. That's the secret. I've doubled my income. I doubled it once by increasing value. I do. You hit me up, uh, new skills, new youth, and just remind me, say, incre increase your revenue. I think it was the, the workshop I did. And I talked about it in here. I doubled my income once, and I effectively doubled it again because I made the same amount of money and I worked half the time. Uh, How did I do that? I increased my value. Excuse me. I increased the value that I gave. Everyone, listen to me. You are intrinsically valuable. Uh, I live currently, I live in the United States. I say currently because <laughs> I might be on an island somewhere. Uh, you know, WhatsApp, don't call me. So, <laughs> here I got it. My international travelers, they'll get that one. So, I realized that I'm working less and I'm making more. What happened? I added more value. So, intrinsically, you're valuable. You don't have to go earn more money, have a title to be valuable. But when you give away that value, it has an exponential rate of return. This is where you can start to become a millionaire. You could hustle your way to a couple of six figures. But when we talk about creating wealth, it's an exchange of value. So the resistance is natural because it contradicts what you've seen. All right. That's the uncertainty again. So there's two, there's two levels to this. Picture where you can add value. And picture the impact on the folks' lives that receive that value. This is going to create some positive emotions. Take those positive emotions and then focus on the sensory details. What does that mean? Marble floors. What would it feel like if I was barefoot? Anybody's walked on marble floors? They're cold. Mm -hmm. Picture opening the fridge door. Right, you got the, the good old big old Samsung eight foot fridge. It's heavy. Picture the bath, the warm water, and the bubbles. Focus on the sensory; those tap into our more primal self, and those emotions, yeah, those emotions and feelings are going to be tied to the amygdala versus I want to say it's the neocortex, and that's going to help it become more real to you. Uh -huh. Stop picturing hard work. I don't want you to work hard. We'll focus on adding value. Then that's going to bring the reality to the present faster and with less resistance. Because there is an exchange, and that's what your brain your brain's trying to do. I have to do this to get this. Well, instead of hard work, we're going to switch. We're going to add value. So it's going to satisfy your natural tendency. Hey, there has to be some exchange. And there is. But it's not your time. And it's not, it's not the grind. Uh, hope that sets you free check in with me in a week or two and let me know how it goes absolutely thank you for that that's definitely a perspective shifter right there <laughs> yeah i love that i love that 
Well, Bruce, you broke it down, okay? All the way. You broke it down. Usually we have a, you know, tell us what your mindset to is at the end. But what I really want for people to do is gather along the way. There's no way that we can summarize everything that you broke down for us. Um, those three steps to transforming your life, that is one that I'm definitely going to put in to practice. Um, definitely just visualization. I love the idea of just being present with yourself in the mornings. Like you gave us so many gems. That's crazy. Please, please tell the people where they can tap in. Tap in with you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. I had a lot of fun. You all asked some great questions. And, and I really want you all to, everyone listening to me, get there a little faster than I did. Uh, this took me way too long, way too long just to get a little, little distance. And I'm accelerating and I'm getting there faster. So listen, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a small business owner, you have less than five years in the game, less than five employees, and you're not quite making five figures a month, I want you to tap into the New Skills New You program. Hit newskillsnewyou.com, schedule a discovery call. All right, schedule discovery call. Now, for the folks that are saying, hey, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. How can I tap in? I still new skills, new you.com. I'm always giving away, whether it's a workshop, a masterclass, webinar. I want to make sure that everyone gets this opportunity and empowered to change their life from the inside out. So it's new skills, new you.com everywhere. I'm most active on Instagram, but I mean everywhere. Fan base, LinkedIn, Tumblr, Twitter. Our missus on Pinterest. <laughs> Omnipresent, okay? YouTube, everywhere. So it's new skills, new you. And I, I just want you to remember, I'll leave one thing with you. You may have heard that it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill. Got some good news for you. It doesn't have to take that long. If you use those three steps I told you, and the third one being practice, it's 10,000 repetitions. Now there is a limit, right? You can only practice so many times in one day. But instead of practicing once a week, you practice once a day, you're gonna get there seven times faster. You do twice a day, you're gonna get there even faster. So you can accelerate that because I don't know about you, actually I'll quote Myron Golden. He said, the sooner you can achieve success, the longer you have to enjoy it. Mm. So you wanna get there sooner or later. That's yeah. So in order for you to accelerate, I want to encourage you to pick that one thing and do it every single day. And I'm Bruce Hill, New Skills New You. I'm going to help you get there. Tap in. Well, thank you so much for featuring, being featured on our podcast. We appreciate you so much. And everybody, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. We drop a new episode every week on Womenomics Wednesdays. Have a good day, everybody. Peace, y'all. Thank you. Womenomics podcast. Womenomics podcast.